You are now listening to the I Should Have Captain podcast. It is game week three, and I should have captained Ferran Torres. Let's go. to be back with you guys game week three in the books and of course we have another round of arsenal banter i knew it from the beginning of this season that arsenal is just going to be a joke from the beginning right all the way till the end again my money now is fully on arteta to get the sack first manager to be sacked this season i cannot see how arsenal continue this getting into october with this coach i just can't see it now of course he's got the next set of fixtures to fix the situation and actually by fixture difficulty rating arsenal have the next the the best sorry i should say arsenal have the best set of fixtures between now uh for the next four or five game weeks so arsenal have the opportunity to turn this around but of course we are here to recap what has just happened so as we go first game of the game week manchester city five arsenal nil this was a joke of a game quite frankly um also came out seven minutes in just raring to go and within seven minutes it was over like literally a cross from jesus to gondawan how gondawan is scoring a header against center backs unchallenged makes no sense to me i i just can't i just can't understand it like the basics of football Arsenal just don't get anymore i don't even understand how kolasinac is playing a game of this nature. It just doesn't make any sense. I, I just can't get it. But anyway, it's not my business. All right, two goals from Ferran Torres, a goal from Gundogan, Jesus with a goal, Rodrigo with a goal as well. Assist from Grealish, Mares, Bernardo Silva, Jesus, and Ferran Torres. Quick thing we want to mention here. Um, Ferran Torres has been playing strike now for the last three games, and he's actually been quite effective in those three games. Against Norwich, he should have scored, but it was ruled off for offside. And so playing against Arsenal seemed like an easy, easy solution and easy captaincy. But again, obviously, it's always in hindsight. You can see it. Jesus as well, actually, is starting to seem very consistent on the right. So much so that he had enough points even within 16 minutes. Now, again, I understand that Mares is probably going to take that position back soon enough. But Jesus looks much better on the wing than he does in the center. And so we may have to consider him as a player. He is 8.6 in the game. Think about it, Gabriel Jesus at 8.6. He's got less than Southampton next. I probably wouldn't do it considering we have Ronaldo to come, but again, we'll get into that quite shortly. But Jesus does look quite brilliant. But Torres, as an out-of-position player, he is he costs 7.1 million, owned by only 9.2% of the league as a recording. I think it might be worth it. 7.1 for Ferran Torres seems decent, especially if he's going to start as the striker, and he has done so in the last three games. So... Ferran Torres is an interesting one. Of course, the rear guard at City just changes so much. But we did see um, Laporte and Diaz starting in back-to-back games for the first time, I think, since they've actually been together. So I don't think I've ever seen that um, back-to-back games. Usually they rotate one or the other with Stones and with um, Diaz or Laporte and somebody else. I've just not seen them together back-to-back. Of course, John Stones is coming back after the international break. So it might be interesting to see what Pep does. On the Arsenal side, just there's just nothing there right now. I, again, as I've recommended, all three podcasts so far, um, do not go near Arsenal at this time. Considering they play against Norwich next, 
I would probably want to go Obama Yang just because Norwich is the worst team. But quite frankly, I haven't seen anything from Arsenal that would indicate that they could beat Norwich to the extent you should captain an Arsenal player. Again, I'm not saying Arsenal won't beat Norwich, but not to the extent where you should captain an Arsenal player or even lose points or consider drafting them. They have a good run of fixtures, but I'm just hella concerned by what Arsenal is doing. And until I see any improvements, I wouldn't touch it. All right, Aston Villa, next game. Aston Villa won, Brentford won. Brentford have put on a very, very strong defensive performance since coming into the league. Um, I think Rea is worth purchasing. I think he has shown very clearly that he can play. Now, keep in mind, they've played Arsenal, Crystal Palace and Aston Villa. Going in, I would have, I would not have believed they would only have conceded one goal in that span. One. Again, obviously going into the league, you would think they would concede at least two or three. But quite frankly, considering only one in that span is quite impressive. Keep in mind, they do play Brighton, Wolves and Liverpool next. And from game week six to game week nine, Brighton and Brentford, sorry, have a very, very tough set of fixtures. They've got Liverpool, West Ham, Chelsea and Leicester. So that's going to be difficult. But I certainly think based on the performances they've shown, they are worth looking at. And Ray is worth putting on your bench. Keep in mind his price is 4.6. So if you're looking for a goalkeeper to leave on the bench, especially if you're wildcarding going into international break, you may want to consider him. Um, goals from Buendia, Ivan Tony, finally on the score sheet. Assist from Danny Ings and Janssen. Uh, Pontus Janssen has got an assist. I got the assist for, uh, for Brentford. Keep in mind, for Janssen as well, 4.6. He has gotten 6 points, 9 points, 7 points. So very much worth purchasing at 4.6 but again similarly he does have the tough cycle fixtures from game week six to game week nine so that might be an interesting one i'm also happy to see emmy buendia scoring first um, attacking returns of the season he is out of the next game due to uh, covid protocols he's going to play in the international game for argentina so unfortunately he is out against chelsea i also want to add against chelsea that emmy martinez is also out We've still got injuries to um, Tyrone Minks. And also it looks like um, Ezri Konsa might also be injured. So it's looking like a feast for Chelsea to come. Uh, as I'm speaking, um, it looks like Minks might be able to make it. We do not know for sure, but last information we had, he was injured. So we'll find out soon enough as we get close to the um, deadline, whether he's okay or not. But Konsa still looks like he has he's carrying an injury. Uh, happy for Danny Ings. He's still returning um, points. But as we've said, the next set of fixtures for Aston Villa, Chelsea, Everton, Manchester, United, and Tottenham. So the next four are very, very difficult for Aston Villa. I would drop all Aston Villa assets at this time, especially if you're wildcarding. I don't see how they get out of the next four with respectable points. I think they're just going to lose a bunch of them. All right, next game of the game week, Brighton nil, Everton 2 Goals from Calvert-Lewin, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, and Damari Gray. I said this already. Damari Gray looks an excellent match for Everton and what Rafael Benitez is trying to do. Um, You might want to get him in. He's currently 5.6. He has scored in two of the last three games. Um, He is also doing the needful with Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He is built for this Everton squad. He's built to play out wide. He comes in. He takes his shots um, when he can. And quite frankly, I think... Um, with Rafael Benitez, he has got his confidence back. So 5.6 is going to look like a steal by the end of the season. I think Dominic Calvert-Lewin as well. The entire team plays for him. He is now also on penalties. He has scored in all three games. Keep in mind, he did come off 
that game against Brighton for a, what looked like a muscle injury. We do not know how he's going to be by the end of the international break, but he he, he did not go off for the internationals because of that injury. So he has time to recover and hopefully he is back against Burnley at home. They also have Aston Villa next and then Norwich next. So Dominic Calvert-Lewin, 8.2 might be worth it. Um, I think he looks really, really good and being on penalties makes it that much easier. Um, quick thing I want to mention, Richarlison seemed like he was interested in fighting for the penalty. I, I did not understand that at all when it was quite clear that Calvert-Lewin is the, <laughs> is the penalty taker. But anyways, that's a side note um, on that. Another thing I just want to mention quickly, Mason Holgate. I'm curious if he's a starter now. He's played two of the last three games at 4.5. It'll be interesting if he's a guaranteed starter alongside Keane. Um, Yerimina was available and yet it was Holgate who started. So I'm watching out for that one. If 4.5 is the price to enter that Everton backline, they look certainly solid with Alan and Ducure. So it'd be interesting to see what goes on there, but something to watch out for. So with Everton, the player to watch for, Damari Gray and Mason Holgate, just for his price. And of course, you've got Calvert-Lewin, who obviously is doing the needful up front. Uh, on the Brighton side, of course, uh, Brighton is still playing quite well. Um, I don't expect that he will be able to challenge the Everton's of the world. But again, Sanchez at 4.5 seems decent, especially against the bottom 10 teams. I think Brighton, based on the way they play and the shape they're looking like, keeping in mind that they've also kept Basuma, I think that they will be good enough against any of the bottom 10 teams. So you might want to keep them for that and rotate with Raya, who is also decent against bottom 10 teams. Uh, so that would be a goalkeeping strategy to look at. Um, Duffy, obviously still playing, which is also very, very good. He is 4.2 now at this price. Uh, played 19 minutes in the last three games. So again, if Shane Duffy is going to be a starter at 4.2, that is excellent value. Keep in mind, he's one of their best um, headers of the ball on set pieces. So keep that in mind as you look at Shane Duffy, 4.2 on the Brighton side. Newcastle 2, Southampton 2. Goals from Callum Wilson, Alan St. Maximan, James Watt-Prowse and El Yunusi. A uh, quick thing I want to mention here, El Yunusi, I quite like. Uh, he was, I think he's an under 23 player. Um, scored in a separate game, and I believe it was the EFL Cup. And then he scored again, playing in the Southampton game against Newcastle. So 5.5, someone to consider and to watch. I'm not sure if he's going to be uh, a reliable points getter as Damari Gray would be. But at 5.5, I'm curious, I'm going to put him on my watch list. He's got Manchester um, City in game week five and West Ham next. So I don't expect much in the next two games from Southampton at all, but I'm wondering, and I'm curious to see this guy at 5.5. Quick thing to mention, Adam Armstrong got an assist. So that is his second return in three games, uh, 6.0, uh, striker. He's the replacement for Danny Ings on the Southampton side. It'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Certainly good to see that he's at least getting us attacking returns. But at 6.0, I would have loved if it was maybe 5.5. I would have taken him at 5.5 or even five with Dennis. But still, um, doing the needful at his price range, I will continue more to that. Uh, on the Newcastle side, Alan St. Maximan. Good to see he's still staying fit. Good to see he can score as well. 6.5, a little expensive for my taste, but Callum Wilson is obviously the man to look at at uh, the Newcastle side. Currently uh, stated as injured with a thigh injury, but we'll keep an eye on him. Um, they've got Manchester United next, Leeds at home and Watford afterwards. 
keep in mind, Newcastle are the second worst defense statistically. Um, so it's quite dangerous knowing that Ronaldo is going to play Newcastle next. <laughs> and I'm very, very worried. Oh my goodness for what Manchester United might do to Newcastle's defense. They do not look um, set up well at all defensively in Newcastle. Just going to quickly mention that they scored in, I think, the 89th minute or something like that. And then still gave away a penalty in the 90-somethingth minute. I'm just like, what for goodness sake, Newcastle? Just keep it together, mate. Anyways. <laughs> On to the game week. Norwich won. Leicester too. I certainly recommended Vardy be a captain choice. Newcastle, I said Norwich as a defense still don't look like they know what they're doing in the Premier League level. But my bigger concern is Leicester's defense. Norwich should have gotten an equalizer um, in the game. If not for Cantwell stepping to the goalkeeper, really should have been 2-2 because the header had not, like, I don't think Smichael would have saved that at all. But still, it was an offside rightly called because the player was interfering with the goalkeeper and he was in an offside position. So Norwich lost that game inevitably. But still, I'm very concerned by Leicester's defense, very concerned by what they are trying to do. But Vardy still doing what Vardy does. Happy for them getting the win. But still, I think Norwich should have gotten more out of the game. Norwich defense still pretty poor. And obviously they play Arsenal next. So not expecting much from them. Um, finally, that is they scored to start off the season. But it is going to be a battle of the bottom clubs Next match against Arsenal. West Ham 2, Crystal Palace 2. This game was exciting to watch from start to finish. Very happy to see Patrick Vieira's team getting lift off. Um, Antonio, of course, scoring and assisting. You got Fornals who scored again. Quietly, Fornals is putting together a nice run. He's got the assist in the first game against Newcastle. Scored at Leicester. Scored at Crystal Palace at 6.0. Fornals is quietly going about his business. Um, I know Ben Rama didn't get any returns at all, which is understandable. Not every game you can expect returns from him, but still, uh, Fornals at 6.0 might be worth watching uh, if you want to switch out of um, Ben Rama. It's going to be a nice differential. Assist from Cresswell and Antonio. And on the Crystal Palace side, Connor Gallagher, 5.5 with two goals. I noticed him against Brentford. He was really, really lively. And to see him play West Ham very, very well and score a 5.5, he's owned by 0.9% of the league. So I want to see how he gets on against Tottenham and Liverpool, but I would rank him right behind the Damari Gray in the 5.5 player bracket. So you've got Damari Gray at 5.6, you've got Conor Gallagher at 5.5, and now you've got El Yunusi at 5.5. So interesting players who are emerging this season. I'm very happy to see them. Assist from James McArthur at 4.5. And you've also got Benteke with an assist as well um, at 6.4. In my view, a little overpriced. But he is also going to be replaced. Um, Crystal Palace have signed in Odward. Um, what's his name again? Odward something. <laughs> can you remember? <laughs> I think it's your record signing and I just can't remember. His name just slipped at the top of my mind. But anyways, uh, Crystal Palace has signed a new striker. So just slipped at the top of my mind. I can't remember. <laughs> it's so funny. Anyways, Liverpool won. Chelsea won. Um, goals from Mohamed Salah and Kai Havertz. Um, the assist from Mane and an assist from James Reese or Reese James. <laughs> it was what I always say in reverse order. Reese James, 5.6. He has now got two attacking returns in out of three games. Of course, he's suspended now till September the 19th. He's going to miss one game. Um, he's going to miss, obviously, the uh, Aston Villa game. But still, he is suspended uh, on the Chelsea side, which sucks because he was playing very, very well. Also, we could mention Chelsea's defense looks mean. Liverpool could not break them down other than the penalty. That to me seemed interesting to watch. 
Um, they were very resolute in their defending. Lukaku held the ball up decently. I don't think it was his best game, but understandably he had to play a significant chunk uh, with 10 men uh, on his team. So uh, I wouldn't use that as a barometer for Lukaku, but Lukaku looked lively up until that point. Um, saves, six saves from um, Edward, Edward Mendy. So Mendy still doing the needful. My only worry with him is obviously they are going um, for AFCON later in January. So uh, Edward Mendy at 6.0 seems a little rich. However, Alonso might be worth watching. Christensen at 5.0 has started and completed all three games so far. So Christensen ends up being the cheapest route into Chelsea's defense and he's playing decently well. Um, he's keeping out Thiago Silva, playing alongside uh, Aspilicueta and Rudiger. So certainly playing quite well, in my opinion. Um, certainly worth watching. And of course, Alonso at 5.6 is an interesting one to watch. He is still crossing, still doing the needful up front. And this system is paying off for him. On the Liverpool side, of course, goals from Mohamed Salah on the penalty. Uh, 12.5, still the most expensive player in the game alongside Ronaldo. But still, um, he's got Leeds next. Crystal Palace, Brentford should be able to get a bunch of points. Um, I, man, Salah is just going to be a problem as usual. Um, Alexander-Arnold did get two bonus points despite keeping it, not keeping a clean sheet. 7.5, he's playing like a central midfielder. Interesting change in taxes where he's coming infield, putting in crosses, taking shots. Um, so 7.5, he is very, very dangerous. Trent Alexander-Arnold, something to watch and potentially get him in your team. The way I would go about it is get your money by buying other players who might rise and then come back and recruit uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold. I don't think his price is going to go up very much. It's going to take a lot for his price to change. So hire other players whose prices might increase, sell them off, and then buy Trent later on in the season. That would be my strategy. But still, um, you never know. Burnley won, Leeds won goals from Chris Wood and Patrick Bamford. Finally off the mark for the season, Patrick Bamford. Um, still two assists in three games. Sorry, two attacking returns, sorry, I should say, in three games. Good for him, Patrick Bamford. They play Liverpool next. And after that, their next five games are very, very exciting. They've got Newcastle, West Ham, Watford, Southampton, Wolves, and Norwich. So look out for Leeds coming after the Liverpool game. Um, of course, Rafinha is still the man, still the man to own. But if you want to try Bamford, certainly go for the differential. But I think in that Leeds team, um, Rafinha is the man. On the Burnley side, Loughton getting his first assist of the season. He's already matched his previous season's tally with one assist already. So um, Loughton at 4.5 is an interesting one to watch. I would also in, um, suggest you look at Charlie Taylor as well on the left side. It's an interesting one as well. Um, Chris Wood, obviously with a goal, Chris Wood does what Chris Wood does. He just finds a way to score with little to no services. Got at least 10 goals in the last four seasons. So we expect 10 goals from him at the very least. And I think he's on par to do it this season again. He's already got on off the mark. Spurs won. Watford nil. Goals from Hyungman Son and the assist from uh, Steven Bergwijn. Quick thing to mention here. Steven Bergwijn has quietly gone about his business. Second assist in three games. At 6.0, doing the needful. I'm not expecting him to do too much at six. However, um, we've got Harry Kane back and we expected a lot more from him. He played 19 minutes and got a blank for one point. I am shocked to say that Harry Kane has only 7.9% ownership in the game. That to me is bothersome. And it's interesting how the league has decided that we can survive with a Harry Kane, considering this man just won the golden boot. That to me just seems like, <laughs> that to me just seems very interesting. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't go to Manchester City, of course, 
But still, 12.3 Harry Kane. I'm just watching for him. I think he's going to be very, very dangerous eventually, but doesn't seem like it's anytime soon. So I need some time to get back off the mark. Even in the international game, he didn't look very, very good at all. On the Watford side though, however, they played very, very well defensively. Backman had, I think, seven saves in the, in the game, which to me is ridiculous. Um, enough for four points. And of course, they played quite well defensively. They've got Wolves, Norwich, and Newcastle next. So Watford could be a team you might want to draft their defenders around. Or Dennis. Dennis is also their striker. He is priced at 5.2. So certainly worth a gamble if you want to play two strikers and five midfielders. So Dennis could then be your bench fodder. Keep in mind, as a starting player at 5.2 for a striker of any team in the Premier League, that is unbelievable value. Whether he scores or not is irrelevant at 5.2 he is starting that is good news to now get in context that he could also score excellent excellent value he did score and assist against Aston Villa but of course against tougher opposition he hasn't shown up quite yet but we'll see against Wolves and in Norwich and Newcastle I think 5.2 he will show up then last game of the game week Wolves nil Manchester United won Obviously, the controversial situation here was Pogba not getting a red card for what was a dangerous tackle in review. Um, goals from um, Mason Greenwood and the assist from Rafael Varane. Um, Greenwood at 7.7. He has now scored in all three games for Manchester United. He was even their August player of the month. So certainly an interesting one. They play Newcastle next, who are just, they just look shaky, <laughs> I would say. And of course, it's the return of Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, he has even left the international scene early in order to be available for the Newcastle game at home in Old Trafford. Um, I mean, it just it just seems like he's written in the stars for Ronaldo to come back with a hat-trick. I, I, I just can't see it any other way. This man doesn't just come back and smash it again. He scored two in the international game against Ireland. Obviously, he did miss the penalty, understandably, but he scored two shortly after in the dying minutes of the game. This man still looks extremely fit. He looks very interested and he looks like he's interested in winning the league again with Manchester United. So for me, I, I, I mean, at 12.5, you just got to do the needful. I feel like it would be dangerous to go without Ronaldo. But I do want to mention that Greenwood still looks excellent. Um, and hopefully he doesn't lose his place in the shuffle that brings in Ronaldo. On the Wolf side, however, um, Adama Traore looks very, very good. Jimenez also looks decent so far. Sucks that they've not been able to score, but still Wolves have overperformed their losses so far. They've lost by 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. But I think the next game against Watford is going to give them opportunity to score their first goal and to get their first win. I think they just look really, really good considering they've played Leicester, Tottenham and Manchester United. I think it's excusable to have lost by a narrow margin of 1-0. Also, quick thing to mention, on the defensive side, Jose Saar looks very, very good. Again, they've only conceded one goal in each of these three games, which in my mind could have been quite lucky, understandably. The Manchester United one should have been called back and should have ended nil-nil in my opinion. But again, that's neither here nor there. But still, um, Wolves, in terms of defenders, look very, very good. Their next fixtures, Watford, Brentford, Southampton, Newcastle, Aston Villa, Leeds, Everton, (laughs) Crystal Palace, West Ham, Norwich, Burnley, like literally their next top six team is all the way in December. So it might be a wonderful time to bring in a Wolves defender, midfielder, or Jimenez as a striker. So it might be an interesting time. Just, I think the the, um, the toughest fixture in their next 10 is Everton 
and maybe well, um, West Ham. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we will be back again in another week as we go into game week four, talking about strategies for your wildcard, if you're wildcarding like myself, or if you're thinking about bringing in Ronaldo or not. Till then, I'll see you next time. Goodbye.